1: For twenty five percent off your DNA test kit. For a long time, I thought psyche means soul, the goddess psyche, and I kept looking for a better definition, and finally came across one that I really think says it all, which is that which animates our bodies. This is the Canamom Show a podcast chronicling the inspiring stories of real women in the emerging cannabis industry. Your host, Joyce Gerber, mom, lawyer, political activist, has been speaking with women from coast to coast and around the world who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving, continuing on her mission to lift up the stories of the women creating the cannabis industry by sharing their cannabis stories with you. So go make yourself a cup of tea or roll yourself a joint, sit back, and learn something new about this magical plant on The Canamom Show with Joyce Gerber.
2: From the Tip O'Neill studios in North Cambridge, Massachusetts, it's the Canamom Show. Now here's your host, Joyce Gerber.
3: Woo,
0: David, we wow. are back.
2: Season three Rocks. May I say <laughs> the new intro blows my mind.
0: And of course, who wrote it and performed it?
2: number one son Josh
0: yeah, Josh Lampkin yes. so uh, he's down in Nashville he's left me but that is his thing Aww. that was his gift to me so <laughs> yes my season three <gasps> oh, all right <laughs> it's not early about me so yeah. before we begin this show happy new year Sonatova Dave happy 5782 may we have a sweet year yes
2: 5782 I'll be writing 5781 on my checks though for a few weeks Oh, thank you. Kaboom. I, I think I made that joke last year.
0: <laughs> you actually did. We can put that in. We can slice it in. All right. We're <laughs> old, yeah, pe- yeah. old people. All right. And one more thing before I introduce today's guest, I want to give a shout out to a product I love. And I am hoping to get a special discount for Can Mom Show listeners. So please go to the website and sign up for our weekly newsletter. It'll be in there. Head and heel. There are so many things I love about this product. First of all, it works. And second of all, the packaging, look at it. You can read it. Like there's labeling and it's big and it tells you what the dosing is and it's a farm up in New York. I love the person I spoke with. Her name is Carly. And um, it's cool. it's one of these products. They're just something I'm recommending to my friends and family. Head and heel and hopefully we'll have the code in the newsletter and always where will it be? In the show notes.
2: In the show notes. Yep. I love the pa- <laughs> I love the packaging. Is there any cannabis related material that comes in a plain white box with black lettering i don't think so
0: no actually i got a cannabis product i got a face wash it was actually a white bottle with white with black lettering
2: oh well then they stand but, uh, stand out in the market
0: something i don't know they should be recyclable and i actually saw a compostable i think bag a cannabis bag that you can actually put your product in instead of those plastic tubes but i don't know i'm going to some events and you know maybe there'll be some products there we can talk about love it. Um, pa- packaging we love talking about packaging and the Canamom Show I want to thank the Women in Cannabis Expo for sponsoring today's podcast. Right, I'll be out there, maybe leave some products out there. And we'll be talking with the mastermind behind it, Brooke Westlake, a little later in the show. So mm, we ready to begin? I'm ready. We are ready. Oh, one more thing I forgot. The <laughs> Cannamom Show, when we go to the conference, we're gonna have some Canamom Show lighters. That's we ordered cool. these 10 months ago. They just showed up. I don't know, they were on a boat from China. I literally have no idea, but they showed up, so we're bringing them with us. So so.
2: Spiffy looking, what is that, black black lighter with uh, silver lettering on it, is that?
0: Oh, no, well, it's supposed to be pink, but it's purple, oh. but I'm not complaining. <laughs>
2: pink, purple, <laughs> yes, official yeah. Cannamom colors.
0: The Cannamom show is launching into a new topic with today's show. We are going to be expanding our understanding of plant medicine beyond cannabis. Today's guest is the founder of Cosmic Sister. An environmental feminist collective, and she is a self-described psychedelic feminist. She is also a performer, an advocate, and educator with a Jewish connection. We are so happy to welcome to the as our first guest of season three, Zoe Helena, to teach us about psychedelic sacred plants and fungi, and how they are here to help heal us and our planet. Please welcome Zoe. Welcome. Ooh. <laughs> Hi! Thank you for that lovely introduction. Yeah, so we we do have some connections we've spoken before, but let's. I'm just going to jump right into this. this. is a whole new topic for me and my audience. Cannabis was a big leap for my mm-hmm. husband. He's like, we're not stopping there. I'm like, no. We are learning about plant medicine beyond the board, and so he's the first person I want to talk about it. So. How are we using psychedelics to change like our internal narratives? We talked about this a little bit. How are our bra- you know, our brains and our minds, science and shamanism? It's all up there together, and then we'll get to your personal well, story. I think.
1: I think <laughs> well, first of all, I would say that the term plant medicine has kind of taken off in maybe a confusing way for the masses, right? And, and it's a recent thing that's happened. And so the train has kind of left the station on it. So there's nothing we can can really do to pull that back. But I do like to make sure everyone understands that the category of plant medicine is wide open. I mean, it includes ginger in your kitchen. Ginger is a very real medicine. So by calling psychedelic medicines, the sacred plants and fungi, just plant medicine, it's not it's not that that's not true because that also falls under that larger category but it confuses the the powers that be that we're trying to work with to to open their minds to decriminalizing some of these things it confuses that's actually such them. a great that's so such instance, a great way to um, give it
0: that's perfect that's actually perfect for me because I do talk about this like as a scared white lady like I don't quite understand it cannabis is new for me but I can see the healing properties of my tea in the morning. I can see the healing. I'm getting into this. I'm starting to understand it. So that's a great way to introduce it.
1: I'm married to an ethnobotanist who travels the world and works with plant medicines. And before we were married, I really didn't think about them that much. And so for me, I learned, well, what is the difference between medicinal plants and plant medicine? Well, there's not very much difference, it's the truth. Medicinal plants are the plant themselves, they're not necessarily a medicine. Plant medicines are medicines you make with a medicinal plant or medicinal plants plural. And also another another thing to so this is all ethnobotany, but it's important, I think. Oh, yes is that the sacred plants are a category that's exciting to to ethnobotanists because a lot of the time and to me too because they are the ones that have some sort of psychoactive quality to them for us, for the human being. So when we ingest those plants in some way, and there's so many ways to do it, they cause a change in the way we feel and think, and it, it affects our psyche. And without going any further, I just want to say psyche is a Greek word. And on my mother's side, I'm Greek, very Greek. In fact, kind of like indigenous Greeks and with a very specific heritage on that, which is kind of fun. But the word psyche is important to me because it's used so much psychedelic, psychology, psychology is it's a study of the mind, supposedly, but that's the thing it's lost in it's a lost in transition issue. Okay. Psyche doesn't really mean mind that's reductionist psyche really means that which animates us. Our oh, body. Beautiful. Okay. That's so like, say, all that we say, are, except for our bodies.
0: Can you say that again? I love that. I, I just, I just finished Rosh Hashanah yesterday, so I'm thinking about the soul and the way of thinking about it. So, can you just say that again, one more time? Yeah. So yeah.
1: when you when you reduce the word psyche to mind or even soul which for a long time the soul I thought oh psyche means soul it's, it's it's psyche the the goddess psyche and and also the symbol of the moth and all that, that all made sense to me but then I thought well that's not quite it is it because I began to to talk with other people and say well it's sort of psyche a psyche is sort of soul sort of mind sort of spirit but it's kind of all of those things and then I kept looking for a better definition and finally came across one that I really think says it all which is that which animates our bodies. That's Hmm. what psyche really means. And when you think of it that way, and the fact that really there's no separation between our our psyches and our bodies, there is, and there isn't. So that's an interesting question. Yes, But psyche without our bodies, our psyche is what a disembodied psyche doesn't exist. Who knows? I'm agnostic. I don't know. It seems like a big thing to not exist, but I, I have no answers for that. However, If you have a body with no psyche, you're what they call, weirdly enough, a vegetable, right? I I know I don't want to be that. So our psyches are really important. And that is what these plants are about. And that's what the, the word psychedelic means, psyche manifesting. So when you look at it as opposed to mind manifesting, which, again, is reductionist, we're not just our minds, right? That's a sort of it's a patriarchal science idea. Uh, So if you go with more that which animates our body manifesting, which is a bigger idea, it's all of that, right? And I think that's wonderful. So back to the categorization, which is really, it's not that complicated. So you have plant medicines, if you will. And underneath that, you have what we call sacred medicines or sacred Mm -hmm. psychedelic medicines. And when the term sacred plant, which is the psychoactives or the psychedelics, when that was first created, they didn't really take the fungi into account. Like they just kind of put it all together. So sometimes I'll say sacred, psychedelic plants and fungi, just because they're really, really important. And they're important in part because they're all over the world. Yes. So everyone has many, many cultures have access to them. So Mm -hmm. I think that I think categorization, categorization is important, especially when you're learning something new, because it gives you a box or a set of boxes kind of or, or structure with which to put all your new information on. And it's mm-hmm. in, in the right kind of way. It can grow properly. So I, I do like to say that because I do think it's important.
0: No, that's actually not okay. So again, I this is also new to me. And I actually was reading a book about fungi this summer. <laughs> so I have a whole new understanding of the plant, but I don't really understand psychedelic. I don't really even understand plant medicine. I'm learning from all the women I'm meeting. So let's just talk about your organization, Cosmic Sister and maps which you can talk about mm-hmm. as well so that is my one connection to this world i do know rick Doblin, just sort of a weird jewish geography yes. thing right but just how are you how are you working together what is the mission and i know maps have been very effective in moving cannabis, moving this psychedelic medicine in a way that's very medicinal versus what's happening with cannabis which is really a business at this point it, it it's an interesting parallel so how a cosmic well, sister MAPS- how you say that <laughs> yeah I, you know i mean i think it's Whatever. I, I'm not really deep into your into the psychedelic world yet, but it can. It looks like it's more. And it seems like seems like medicinal people are embracing it. I mean, I'll talk about the business of this later because therapy and psychedelics versus um, pharmaceuticals is a big issue. But how? What is Cosmic Sister and how is Maps working together, or not working, or but how does okay. this work? Yeah.
1: So really. It's very simple. Okay, Rick, who I've actually never met, but that's so funny. (laughs) I know, uh, we really have to meet it's not if he's still living in Belmont It's really a two and a half hour drive. (laughs) I mean, I lived in Cambridge for 22 years, and I would still be living there. If things hadn't happened. I married a man out in Western Mass. So I'm by Amherst now. So I miss Cambridge. I still kept my number. I love Cambridge It's a (laughs) special place in the world. Truly. I mean, it is. And I, I mean, I fell in love with it and didn't go where I was supposed to. I was supposed to end up in LA or New York and I just didn't want to leave Cambridge for real. So <laughs> so that said, Rick Doblin has done us a big service by it's something he does for quite a few people. And the way I understand it, he put this into place because he wanted to help a lot of people but didn't have the bandwidth to help everybody. So what he did was create a fiscal sponsorship program within MAPS for people like me so that we don't have to go out there and start yet another nonprofit, and deal with all of the management that goes into that, which is a lot, and and the money that that you end up using to manage. So instead, I piggyback on them, and they take a very small percent, which is totally fair. And I basically don't have to do any of that. I can just use every cent that comes into me directly for this project. It was very formal. There's paperwork and all of that. And back when I did it, which is quite some time ago, the... Their mission statement was basically educating the public on the benefits and risks of psychedelics and cannabis. And interestingly, back then, because cannabis wasn't legalized yet in Massachusetts, Cannabis was separated. So I sometimes separate it as well. For exactly what you're saying, there are a lot of people who are very clued into cannabis and or in the cannabis quote unquote industry, but they may or may not be working with other psychedelics. And I say other because cannabis is a sacred plant and a sometimes psychedelic. So that's a really important distinction as well. And I remember when people were not talking about this and it's one of the things I brought up within that mission statement, educating the public. I basically said, People aren't talking about the fact that that cannabis can be a psychedelic. And I think that's a mistake because there are people like myself who are going to have that experience and they're not going to expect it. So this goes back to the original conversation about categorizing the plant medicines, right? Or even underneath that, the sacred plants and fungi. You have psychoactive plants and you have psychedelic plants. Psychoactive is at the top. So it's a big category. Psychedelics is underneath that. And it's tricky, but psychoactives are things like coffee or chili or cacao, right? Right. So There's you a new you book
0: even, out. Uh, who just wrote that? Paul and Michael. Who wrote that new book out about um? Uh,
1: I think that's. What, I think that is Michael Pollan. But you know, this yeah, yeah. is my husband's work. He's been writing yeah, yeah. about this for many, many years, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and others before him as well. So this I'm, is good. I'm it's like, really, I, I like.
0: Talk a little bit. Yeah, that's I love this kind of topic, this idea that people are like, oh, my God, I wouldn't try drugs. Or I wouldn't do that. But I'm like, you have a cup of coffee and, you know, I had soda every day. So exactly, anyway, can you just sort of explain exactly. what this is? Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a psychoactive. I mean, you, you want that cup of coffee. It's also addictive, which isn't a bad thing because it's coffee. You can it's OK. But some of the others which people will say are not psychedelic, but are psychoactive can also be very addictive, for instance, cocaine. Okay, I'm not against cocaine cocaine actually saved my life in a hospital for real, but so it is a very significant plant medicine, but it's also can be extremely addictive same with opium, opium can be opium and in, and in, in of itself is not a bad thing. It is the addictive quality that is, the, when you go back to that, it's the difference between psychoactive and psychedelics. And this is a little academic, but it's also not academic. It's really no, I, like I think it's a, it's a
0: way to, I think it's a way to talk about it because I don't always have the word again, like, like I'm looking like I'm a first grader now. I don't always have the words to explain this to people. <laughs> I'm in the industry, but sometimes people fight back or they say things to me or they don't understand what it is. And I, I I, Anyway, so this is helping me understand it because I don't understand this. I don't understand how to use the words for this either. Like the psychic, like talking about coffee or um, alcohol or to me, it feels like everybody needs something. Whatever our state of being is, for some reason, this is how we function in the world. And even even my rabbi last night, we had a meditation service talking about the Shema is not just like a monolithic God, but uh, the idea that we are one with everything, my rabbi.
1: So Yeah. (laughs) There are a lot of psychedelic rabbis. And I got news for you. The, the, the psychedelic rabbi scene is really happening. And also there are some pretty significant Hebrew priestesses too, who are going back to some of the really early work. I mean, the thing with my Jewish background is interesting. I think we, I shared this with you a little bit, because, but you're bringing it up. So okay. it's on my father's side. And I'm all, I, I only relatively recently discovered that I'm much more Jewish than I knew of. I was, I knew that I had the Jewish on my father's father's side. So all the way down the father's line, right? Greenberg. The name is really Zoe Hill green okay or but it was shortened from greenberg which i think is really beautiful it means green mountain i mean how much more wonderful is that right Mm -hmm. but they were from romania and there's a little roma gypsy in there too like about three and a half percent which is a lot considering it went all the way down and they're real genetic markers but i knew about that side i knew he came over my great-granddaddy greenberg i know he came over from pogroms they were very very serious and i don't need to go into that horror but you know he was the only surviving person in his family which included eight brothers and so he left for Scotland and I've learned later that Scottish people at that time were always very open to Jewish refugees really people who were fleeing because they too had been dealing with being oppressed by the British Mm -hmm. so they were very open and so there were marriages so once in a while you'll run into people who are Scottish and Jewish mixed and I thought that's what I was and I am that but I thought I was half and half so then I did this fancy Jewish DNA thing where I found that, in fact, my father's mother's mother was Jewish. And my father's mother, who I was very, very close to, had no idea. She had no idea. So I'm going to bring this around to psychedelics again. But No, I, just, I love these
0: stories. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well,
1: but for now, I think what's important is that my grandmother, who I feel her spirit, she married a Jew from Chicago. And she was in the South. So her people came over also because of programs that earlier to save their lives. And they came over on a ship, a tall ship early on, like two years before the civil war. So not a great time to land in the South and they were supposed to land in New York, but they did not make it. And he died. The father died on the, on the ship, leaving a young mother and a 14 or 15 year old who was my great grandmother. So she came, she was, they were baronesses, believe it or not. And so they were very highly educated. They played piano well. They, they, they spoke fluent French. They spoke German because they were from Austria, but that was Prussia. And see, I didn't know any of this. I have had to learn all of this. And to just, before I go too far with that, what I'm talking about is what a lot of people are doing in the psychedelic scene. We are working on our ancestry. I call it ancestor medicine. Other people call it different different types of things, but we're finding that many of us, not all of us, but many of us are finding this to be extremely healing, like going into our actual DNA ancestry and learning about our own family tree, but from a genetic standpoint, because there are surprises. See, this is a surprise Yeah, because that was hidden. They made the decision landing in the South two years before the the Civil War and starting over, totally out. They had no money, nothing. They had to just. They had to marry. They decided that they would present themselves as Germans, not Jewish. So they apparently were able to pass, and they did. And they chose not to tell my grandmother. Wow. So for me, there's such sadness in that because that's trauma. That's so, but that's
0: like so. This is what we talk about, like generational trauma. What a trauma to it a human. Absolutely. Uh, like talking again, talking about your soul or your mind or your spirit within a body that. It's split. I mean, there's a duality of everything, but that's really hard. I mean, I think a lot about how terrible things must be for a person to get up from their country and come to a place they literally know nothing about and just kind of hope for the best. And so many Jews came to America with that dream and which is why I kind of loved America. I'm like, wow, my story's kind of unique. Like and you and me, we're the same age. We grew up with a lot of resources because another discussion, but you know, we we had education, we got access to opportunities that we may never have had anywhere else in the world because our grandmothers are pretty strong people. So yeah, great grandmothers. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Wow. That's what awesome. Talking
1: about though with trauma is and the, the psychedelic part is it's a perfect segue because I think all, a lot of people talk about trauma and it doesn't have to be only trauma. So this is also a good example of how there's, there are blessings in this as well. There's a lot of pain because yes, I'm very sad for my grandmother and I'm, for her grandmother and that, wow, what a trauma that was. But I did know that she'd come over and I knew she was a Baronessa, and I knew that she had to start over again, but I also thought she was just German. I didn't know that she had to hide her true self completely for fear of, of not just persecution, but potentially death at that time. So, and ironically on my mother's side, it was the same, but they were indigenous Greek, but they too were being persecuted as in they had to flee or they would be killed. So they came over to the United States as refugees as well. When I was brought up thinking that they were immigrants because they were proud of being able to start over again and do well and, and, and also to assimilate. They were Mm -hmm. proud of becoming, quote, unquote, white, but they didn't really identify as white. And I don't either. I don't even really think it's a thing. Okay, I think that's a different conversation. I know that racism, of course, exists. That's what we're talking about. These people also had to endure racism. That was racism by definition. They were being persecuted by their oppressors. So if the, the truth of the matter is, it's not as simple as that. And even as a child, I knew that the idea of breaking race into three just didn't sit with me, didn't make any sense to me. I didn't see myself in it. It was too simplified. they were all males also in the picture. I didn't like that. They seemed like caricatures to me. That also was a red flag. And I was what, seven when I first saw that, or eight? I knew it then even. And today, if you look up really good scientific sources that are focused on genetics, they have found that there is no such thing as, as race it is absolutely proven that it is a construct and it causes a great deal of trouble in the world. So, but the, the fact is that the reality of that racism construct can lead to a great deal of trauma and pain, uh, so much and so unnecessary. And that mm-hmm. gets me to one of the most important things about my work and why I, I work with psychedelic feminism because females are also oppressed in this culture, and have been for many, many, many thousands of years, depending on where you are in the world, but patriarchy really, truly spread like a pandemic, like a global pandemic, and we know what that is now, but Mm -hmm. if you look back in history, and you really look, you begin to see the patterns of that, how fast it spread, it really spread fast, and that's a system, patriarchy is a system, not a man, not an individual, not even an individual men, all men can even do if they are patriarchal types today, is to just continue to prop it up, Okay, those are those are sexists, and those are actually male supremacists. Okay, because patriarchy in that sense, keeping it propped up at this point, that means you're a male supremacist. So I give all everybody a break. Whatever wherever you are on the on the spectrum, it's your job to re-educate yourself on these things and to try to help everybody progress. Because right now, humans are really failing as a species. So that's really the- Heart of my work is that how these particular plants and fungi can help us to identify things in ourselves that we hide from ourselves. And that's a human trait. That doesn't mean you do it or I and I don't do it. Everybody does it to different degrees. And so, one of the things, just one of the things that psychedelics can help you with in the right set and setting, right? Mm -hmm. So, the right mindset and the right setting in terms of like a safe space, where you are, where you know preferably if you're a newbie, with other people who aren't newbies, all of those things come into play. But if you do it right with intention, you can discover things about yourself that you may have had a clue about. Well you may not. You might find all sorts of things about yourself that you have repressed. And there are different levels of repressed right? Sometimes it's a repression. Like I remember something I realized I had been repressing, but it, I was clearly a, a memory. It came right up in the database, right? The database of my mind was that we accidentally ran over my little puppy when I was a girl going to school. It ran, it, it liked to follow the, the VW bus at that time. And it was so tragic that I literally remember a funk. And I remember saying to myself, I will not, I cannot think about this. It is too terrible. Now, that's a seven-year-old girl with a beloved puppy it was a sweet little puppy but it wasn't very smart and it wouldn't stop seeing that <laughs> and it was a terrible and my father felt terrible and I knew he felt terrible and all of those things I was very present even though I was a child children are very present of course that's inside me and it's a smaller it's not small for me it was a tragedy at the time but maybe I don't even like to compare and contrast and say one thing is more tragic than another but there are things that are more tragic there are things that happen in my life that were even more difficult to access. And it's not all about me. This is I work with many, many, many people, even men as well, not only women, and help them to identify these things. I'm not a shaman. I don't lead ceremonies in that sense. Who knows, I might someday, but for now, I've been really interested in bringing people, mostly women, but not all women, to places where there are really highly skilled trained experienced indigenous shamans and that is a generic term kind of like plant medicines Mm -hmm. it's like doctors it's more like that like you can say someone is a doctor but then what kind of doctor are they the word shaman comes from Siberia so in this Siberian healing tradition that might be the right name but it it sort of caught on and there's nothing wrong with that and you can use it and sometimes we do it's a cheat but each tradition every single indigenous tradition has their own word and their own terms for what they mean by healer and what's really interesting of course it's in their own language and their own tradition because their traditions would vary a little bit
0: i kind of yeah. I, I i want to get more to business part of this too as well but like so you actually cosmic sister because i know caitlin did this so this is part of the one of the things you offering is this to actually have this experience. She talked about the cleansing. She talked about going down. So that's something my listeners are interested. That's something the that Cosmic Sister is connected with, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So and I that... can't really do that at the moment because mm. that's in Peru and Peru is not on lockdown, but probably should be on lockdown. But this is something I
0: wouldn't have had access to and I wouldn't have understand. So that's actually mm-hmm. pretty good. All right. So this, um, right. there's a lot to talk about. So psychedelics and therapy, <laughs> you, d- you have talked about this before. So I know pharmaceuticals, we have a certain doctor, specifically therapist in a certain way, we have a certain model set up for them to monetize their time. So this is very different, a limited process, but a more like time endurance process, right? So what are you doing? Are you involved with the business world of this? Or not, I have to say the business world, but how people who professionals who are doing this would like to get access to it, but they feel like they can't really make a living doing it, I guess is my question. Right,
1: right. I think that it's a complicated question, but I will yeah. say that, first of all, we Cosmic Sister is a collective, and we are focused on females, although we care about everyone, okay? So there are many, many different types of women in, in Cosmic Sister, and so there are lots and lots of psychedelic shrinks, many, many, and many people who have been therapists who are learning about psychedelics and how to incorporate that. Some of this has to do with legalities, some of this has to do with disparity in terms of where you are in society. So access and, inclu- and inclusi- inclusivity comes into this. It comes into this not just because of price, okay, but also because of subcultures, Some people, many people don't even believe in therapy, whatever believe means, like they grow up in families who think that that's something that somebody else does, maybe rich people, for example, or a a different type of a person might do, you know, or they just plain can't afford it. I remember going through certain periods of my time as a student, and I could not afford it when I wanted to go to a therapist or someone just for something very specific to say, I'm wondering about this thing. I had PTSD and I, I, I didn't know what that was because people weren't talking about it, but did have it. So once in a while, that would rear its ugly head. And as a student on scholarship, I could not afford that. So I had to wait till I had fancy corporate health insurance that gave me a bit of money to go to a therapist. And that's when I began to actually experience that type of therapy. So that's one of the things. The other thing is it's a very specific type of, of healing when you're especially in an office with a setting with a person who is trained to understand certain things about patterning and psychology and can and is hopefully expert in that and can help you identify patterns that you can share in an office setting. That is a very, very different thing for being at a teepee or at Maloka, which is a round building in the Amazon, or even a clearing in the woods with people something that is sacred and is a sometimes a community of people very very different experience okay now whether one is better than the other is really I think irrelevant I think they're both important I think they're all important I mean I've gotten reams I don't know how many but certainly in the way hundreds of people who say to me that they're It's either cannabis or mushrooms usually woke me up and changed my world, okay? Mm. So that was not in a setting with a therapist. That was with a friend or at a festival. Sometimes it's Mm. LSD, actually. But it depends on where they are. And it's usually cannabis or mushrooms. And then that then leads them to more because they realize, wow, okay, there's a lot more than I ever thought there was. And they often feel a self-liberation at that point. Maybe they they know that there's more to life than what they were looking at. Maybe they get inspired to have a big career, go to school or whatever it is they want to do. Things change and shift for people in that's, big ways. So that's, none of that is therapy. So when you're talking about business, I think the patenting thing is troublesome. But again, I understand enough about intellectual property that law that, I'm not a, an inter- I'm not a lawyer, but I understand intellectual property pretty damn well because I was born into performing arts. So we have to understand that, to be able to survive. And there are reasons for intellectual property. there if If you don't protect your intellectual property, then somebody will steal it immediately. And no matter how creative you are, because I'm a very creative, I'm like a hyper creative person, I always have more. But still, if I want to build on an idea, I have to protect it. Or else, other people who aren't as creative will just jump on it and run with it, and often they have more resources. So that's why it's there. It's not there for big bad capitalism all the time. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it is, and I'm afraid it often is. I mean,
0: that's a good belt. I mean, it's talking because people often talk about psychedelics or plant medicine. It's like a bunch of I don't know gurus sitting around a room and but it is this is business now this is people putting in patents and lawyers and business people just just like cannabis everything in cannabis is specialized so it's you know the same thing over there yeah
1: it's not a bad thing necessarily no. you do have to make a living not all of us are born trust fund kids but or- it's also it's
0: like it's like i don't know it's sort of putting boundaries on this big huge industry but all right so i have to actually come back because we have our sponsor of this show oh my god zoe this is so great um and we'll go back. We'll talk a little bit more about what's coming up for your year. And I, I don't do want to before oh, yeah. you
1: before we oh, okay. go on, and you might want to just cut this back in. I think that okay. it's important to wrap it up in the patents, just so people understand that when you patent a plant or a fungi, you're you have to take out a molecule, so you don't really even have the full or the whole plant. That's one thing, and that's very questionable because these plants are also sacred. So doing that and saying that you own even a piece of them, very very questionable, and it also could take away from other people's opportunity to work with that plant. Also extremely questionable. The other thing is you can patent a process. This is also problematic. There was someone trying to patent getting someone comfortable before giving them some sort of legal psychedelic in a therapeutic situation. That's been going on for millennia. Certainly in my background. I mean, back in the, on my mother's side, they were doing that. So you can't patent something that's already... Already been used. And it's
0: it's sort of the same conversation on cannabis. We're living in the like anomaly in history. This has been around forever, but now we're creating a new industry, which is what we talk about. And there's a new paradigm because the people who made it illegal, their narrative is gone. We're changing the narrative of both cannabis, everything, plant medicine. And I do think it comes back to feminism and divine feminine. I mean, it all comes back to when you take the feminine out and you give like the qualities of kindness, generosity, and hope just to one gender. And then you let white men rule what you think was going to happen. So we're coming back. (laughs) All right. So Zoe, Helena, um, we are going to be back in about five minutes to continue our conversation with about Cosmic Sister right after we take this quick break to hear from our sponsor, Women in Cannabis Expo, which is taking place in Reno, Nevada from September 27th to the 29th. Welcome, Brooke Westlake. How are you? And I want you to give us some highlights and the, how the listeners can connect because I'll be there. Yeah.
3: Right? Hi. How are you guys doing? So happy to be on here again. And um, yes, so we are 12 days away from our expo. Woo-hoo! Super excited. And if you don't have your tickets and you want your tickets, go to womenincannabisexpo.com. You can get your tickets online or you can call us directly at our office at 775 800 1414. So we are super excited. We have speaker lineup that's amazing, incredible, as well as exhibitors. And Miss Joyce Gerber, you're one of our nominees for Best Woman Podcast of the Year. So online voting is actually now open for five categories that we have for honoring those women who are just being leaders in this industry and killing it. And you are one of them. So keep getting those votes in and we will be doing the award ceremony particular piece on Tuesday night at our networking event from 515 to 715. If our winners are not there, we are going to host live me and my business partner, Jelena, will host a live item on Instagram. And if you haven't seen us on Instagram live, live at all, you should because we're adorable <laughs> to watch.
0: They're very fun, very entertaining. I've seen them. We're very entertaining.
3: (laughs) We're so entertaining. And we're still onboarding also donation sponsors. So for Tuesday night at our networking event, we're also taking on donation sponsors that we're raffling off. And we have some big grand prizes. We have some smaller prizes. But overall, hopefully everybody can be a winner. When we're there, but we have great prizes and we're doing shout outs for those companies who are doing donations because not all companies can attend this year. And we totally understand we're still kind of living in some crazy times, but we are happy to be out there this year and have our show. And we're looking at roughly 500 to 1,000 people. We think we're wow. probably in between like five and 600 right there. And we're just seeing attendee tickets daily. So we're super excited about that. And we're just happy to have you with us and have people come share their can of story at your booth.
0: So Brooke, let's tell, who do you think is coming to this event? Like I'll be there for three days. I'm going to have my podcasting up, taking people's can of stories. Dave going to be helping me put something together special. Yeah. Dave's like, really? Okay. Yeah. And
2: uh (laughs) I'm your can of soldier at the ready.
0: When you get a soldier. Um, Um, Like, uh, who do you think is attending and what kind of things are they going to see when they're there?
3: So who is attending is actually this is crazy because I've been asked this question a couple of times and who's attending is women from all over the United States. We also have some men that are joining us too but I've been asked a lot because we're having at Reno, Nevada are we having a lot of Nevada people? I think that we'll probably have an influx of Nevada people coming in like doing a day drop-in but I've seen ticket sales from all over the United States. Canada, North Carolina, Texas, Arizona. I had a lady yesterday that bought three tickets from New York so we're seeing it from all over. We're especially seeing it in states that have newly adopted cannabis in New York being one of them. When mm-hmm. the, when the lady called the attendee called yesterday, she said, yeah, they just adopted cannabis. This is a, we're doing a startup me and I have two business partners and we want to come, we want to network with women. So honestly, the ticket sales that we're seeing for all the attendees are all over the U S and From other places. I've had some interest from Europe. Some countries are not really able to do a lot of travel right now. Mm -hmm. So that's a bummer for them. But you know what? We're going to keep trucking along and we're only growing. We're looking at double, triple numbers for next year. We're just excited to have everybody with us this year. And of course, we are always doing lots of updates and videos and everything so that you can like follow us and catch up on what we're doing but our our speaker lineup is very diverse as well mm-hmm. we've got attorneys we've got hiring agencies we've got these two ladies that came on board oh my gosh so they actually have a company that's kind of like etsy but for cannabis so oh, cannabis yeah. art. like who? how can you not love that like i just i dropped like a bunch of money buying art for the office here they're, they're going to um, be on the
0: show later in October, I think. I love them. Yeah, that's great. Oh, I didn't know they're going to be there.
3: Good. Yes, they're amazing. We've got. The artsy yeah. leaf,
0: since I've said it eight times. It's Artsy Leaf. So,
3: yes. Artsy. I love Artsy Leaf. And then yeah. I connected them with this other artist that I bought all this art from. I'm like, you guys need to talk to this gal. She's amazing. I'm like, my mom. She's like, what is this shipment? I have this big box. I'm like, oh, that's art for the office. Hey, everything art. everything is
0: specialized. What else for the I mean, And again, so I talk about this industry touches everything. If you're a woman who, again, I'm of a certain age, I transitioned into this industry. We need yeah. everybody and everything is specialized. So if you market, if you... You sing if you dance if you you know Amazing. create product if you a lawyer a market insurance people we need everybody to come and i love the idea that they're coming together What i
3: tell people all the time is that any any position or job that you have in a regular industry applies to cannabis mm-hmm. and so if you're looking to transition into cannabis i came from a 20-year background in healthcare, so i was like let's do this this is this is part of what i did for a living was i did trade shows and i did medical sales and having my cannabis lab that will be opening next year this is why i'm in the space that i'm in but we tell everybody there's every job is available in this any kind of career that you want to have in cannabis is available if you want to come and let us help you like if you don't know where to go come be with us meet all these amazing women that will help inspire and connect you and educate you and then you can figure out where that path is going to lead you or where you want that path to go
0: Amen, Brooke. All right, so I will be there supporting my cannabis sisters. And one more time to say the name of the conference and the dates.
3: It's Women in Cannabis Expo, September 27th through the 29th in Reno, Nevada. And you can Google us. You can email us at Women in Cannabis at yahoo.com. And you can call us Monday through Friday. We are here, 775 800 1414.
0: And it'll all be in the notes. Thank you, Brooke. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All right, back to our guest, Zoe Helena. Are you going to any conferences? Are you speaking anywhere this year or or virtually? Or what are you doing for education? I have
1: had quite a few this year. The next one coming up is the Psilocybin Summit. So magic mushrooms. But I'm not going to that one. Unfortunately, it sounds fantastic. (laughs) But what I love is we really, you know, I resonated with a lot of what Brooke said. And one of the things that I say a lot in psychedelics is very similar is we need, people from all all walks of life coming in, including from a professional standpoint. And part of my work has been to lift the voices specifically of women, but also to diversity in different dimensions. And that also has is like bringing people in and saying, yes, your particular skill level, don't think that it's not relative, related to this, not that it's not relevant. It is relevant. You can find a way to segue. So not, and not everybody has to be a, a quote unquote facilitator, which is a different way of saying shaman, but not quite shaman. Not everybody has to make plant medicines. There's so much need for and I, I I think that people tend to put put certain types of people on a pedestal and think they're the ones that are important and need the spotlight. And it's not true. All of these pieces, this is collaborative. It needs to all be there to work. So bring your talent to the field. Totally agree. And I love that, that women have this way often of helping each other out. And I did want to say with to, to you, because of the last thing we were talking about is I'm really careful not to like, I'm not saying and you're doing this but i don't want to villainize males because it's really not the fault of men today No, i know i know i know i know also you. it's like For once, i do so say that welcome to join us Well, yeah, I mean, and also I have so many male allies and there's so many men who have really been raised in a way that is male supremacy, even if they don't know it. And even in subtle ways, when we all have been raised in this culture, every single one of us bears trauma and programming or conditioning from the patriarchy we all have to unravel that stuff and try to do better and these psychedelics are really helpful for that and cannabis can be really helpful i think the thing is is this intentional work like you go into a sort of ceremonial stance your mindfulness you can use that term too really mindful and focusing like a meditation focus on i want to look at fill in the blank and how uh, that how that relates to my patriarchal upbringing, my upbringing in a patriarchy, okay? It can be like, it's not my fault. It was what was on TV. I think a lot about the dolls that were in when I was a oh, little yeah. in, in the United States. I moved to New Zealand in 1974 when I was nine. But here, it was all sort of like the, they had Dawn dolls. It was like a smaller Barbie. Yep. And they I think they were cooler in part because there was more diversity, but they were all white And they all had straight hair, but at least there was a brunette. At least there was a brunette. But of course, a brunette always had green eyes because that's what a brunette should have. There was always a color eye. You never had a brown eyed person. So these ideals of beauty would begin to really mess with my head. The Barbie was even worse because she was one idea of beauty that really actually doesn't exist in the world, even in ancestries that have similar builds. And she, she, that was it. And you could have Skipper, there was Malibu Skipper, who was basically a a prepubescent version, little sister of Barbie. That was it. So it's one example of how I bear programming that's deep. Oh, yeah. From the patriarchy. Uh, Oh, no, no, no. And and we, and some others. But I
0: do think this is the perfect thing for cannabis. Again, what you're talking about, like this idea that our reality that we are settled in, that we believe is here there are options. There are literally millions of ways to live a life. We are here for a certain reason. We all have our own boundaries. For whatever reason, it makes us easier to stay in place. But I don't know, just this openness, just the rightness. I don't know. That's a whole other discussion and that we are all responsible for what happens next. It's all our actions. I talk about actions and my rabbi was into actions yesterday and the all being is one. So I feel very reset for 5782. I think that season three starting today is a good sign and these women together, this is what we're doing. We're each doing our bit. We're the butterflies. We're doing our part to make sure that things move forward. We all understand how trauma, how awful and crazy this has been for a couple years for us, but we're here. We're moving forward. We exist and we're going to do what has to be done because that's what we do. Creators, moms, caregivers. So thank you so much, Zoe Helena, for sharing your story with us here today. How they reach you'll be in the show notes. Any parting words, anything last you want to tell us about what, I don't know, anything, how they reach you? How do people find you? Well,
1: first of all, I'd like to thank Caitlin Moakley for setting this up. She's awesome. And uh, thank you, Caitlin. And I'd love to also say that we are an environmental feminist collective. So even though we talk a lot about psychedelics, with all of what we've talked about today in mind, the ultimate goal is The human being learning and growing beyond what we are today because as we stand today we are destroying our own planet and ourselves and everyone else everything else all the other living beings that are just as important as we are so I talk about human supremacy a lot another really bad word but sometimes if you use a euphemism it doesn't have the strength it just sounds like the thing you've heard over and over and the environment it's just too loosey-goosey at this point it's like no the environment isn't the issue it's Us, us, not you, not me, necessarily, (laughs) all of us together. And the other thing is, I'd say the same thing about so-called white patriarchy, because not everybody is ruled by white males, even if white exists. So I use quotes in that, but there are people all over the world who are patriarchal, and they have the same power over models of their very, very large countries. We have to look at this as a global issue, just like psychedelics and cannabis is a global movement. It is. People it are is. coming from all over the world. It's fascinating. Mm-hmm. But we have to look at it truly as a, as a global issue. Otherwise, we're doomed. We can't just fix ourselves. We can't just fix our country. We can't. We need to help everybody. So that's really the the hope. And it is hopeful. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing any work at all because it doesn't look good out there right now.
0: But we're all joining. So this is the thing. We re- are we're changing the collaborative model. I mean, the idea is that this is no way I- we don't do it ourselves this is the idea that we're working together and you really are talking about it and the women of cannabis are talking about it and women have access to power and status and law degrees and mbas and all sorts of other things now so we're here we exist you can't put us back in a bottle all right <laughs> thank you zoe this is great season three i feeling like it's starting off with a bang i want to thank for my guest today zoe helena of cosmic sister and my Cannabro david yes and our canna mom show team katherine and hayden we want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the canna Mom show where we are talking about caring for and giving voice to women in the emerging cannabis industry one canna story at a time thank you for calling the Canamom show on social media and subscribing and please share with your friends all the amazing cannabis stories of the women building this new industry i am your host joyce gerber this is the canna Mom show and we are a production of Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network.
3: Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, this is Cheryl Murray Powell Esquire, and I'm the host of the Terps in the City podcast. I am a cannabis agricultural dietary supplement and trade attorney. I'm also a hemp farmer, and I've been recently named to the list of High Times Magazine's top 100 influencers in cannabis. I'm inviting you to follow me along my journey as I move back to New York to support the adult use market there. You're going to get a chance to listen to conversations with some of my friends along the way. I look forward to seeing you at Terps in the City.